Welcome to the More Sense Than Dollars podcast. We're your hosts, Nick and Harry. Hello, listeners. Love that intro music. Ready to talk gets, about buying a house today? Up. Gets us fired up every time, doesn't it? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I am ready. I am ready. I, I'm hoping to learn a lot because I, I did a little prep work, but you're much more familiar with the process than me. Well, so. I'm excited. It's something we were just saying. It's probably the biggest purchase you'll make in your life, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm never planning on buying something for more than a few hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, dollars. Like, that's a house. That's it. Yeah. So um, I want to walk through. I'm have only gone through this process twice other people have done it way more times but we wanted to go through the process of like if if it seems really daunting i want a house but i have no idea what that entails um we will walk through the steps and give some tips along the way uh, and it's one of those things too where even if you're not looking to buy a house immediately or even in the next few years the housing market and the sort of forces that influence it are all so intertwined in the entire economy that yeah, it point. is a really helpful process to understand just to be able to have some context or be able to process some of the just stuff you'll happen to come across in the news. Yep. Uh, what do you got for highs and lows? My, my high is going to be that doing some price shopping, some comparisons for the move. I'm planning on getting some type of a pod thing to move my stuff across the country and found a way better rate um, with U-Haul than pods, oh, nice. which was originally they have the plan. They have a pod equivalent? Yeah, they do. And it's it's they only have one size and it's a lot smaller and they're, they're kind of scheme is that you buy more of the units and so i think yeah, if yeah. you like are doing a bigger shipment it it spins out of control mm-hmm. but the smaller size actually works out for us and it's like fifteen hundred dollars cheaper wow that's good um so yeah big savings there and then on the low again i already put a fair bit of money into the car getting it ready for the move but the chunk engine light came back on I'm not oh, happy there's always something um and they were supposed to fix the ac and it doesn't feel any better now that it's actually gotten hot the last few days so That's annoying yeah maybe maybe it won't incur more fees but i think it will so <laughs> I'm, I'm considering that a low for me right now uh what about you Let's see. Hi. Um, I had a bunch of credit card points saved up, so I was able to buy some flights with points, which was cool nice. um, to not have to spend actual money. Yeah, I still get a kick out of that. Like, oh, like I, I have these tickets now. and Yeah, like my, my bank, account's, my the bank same. account's the same. Low is that I had an unexpected appliance expense. Your, oh, your no. magic bullet that I was using... Uh, finally died. Oh, so I had finally, to buy a new one. Finally bit the bullet. Yeah, but it, that was like a 10-year-old <laughs> magic bullet, so it did its job. Yeah, I'm surprised that thing was still hanging on. Uh, so I had to buy a new uh, neutral bullet. But Well, uh, rest in peace. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, maybe you think that one day you might want to buy a house. <laughs> then this is still for you because... There's a lot of pre-work that needs to be done before you're even ready to go out and make offers on houses. 
Um, yeah, what do you think? I would bet most people listening to the podcast are probably in that one day I want to category. Yeah, it's like uh, that's that's where I'm at. Even like, if you're not in the market right now, my goal would be that you're ready when that time comes. That you're exactly. not saying yeah, that's great. Oh, my credit score is really low, and I don't have anything emergency funds saved up, and like then. You're, you're like, I want a house now, but you have to do all these things before then. So if we could start exactly. those things now, that yeah, would be Yeah, so someday you want to buy a house. You're not planning on it. I'm not planning on doing it anytime soon. I'm still working on getting into a financial position where I'll be ready to. That's sort of this first step is getting yourself in a financial position, right? I consider it like big thing is get your credit score as high as you can. That can take yep. months. If it's really low, I don't know, years to get back if you've had some issues with um yeah and if you've listened payments and things if you've listened to the credit episodes we've done there's been a couple of them you know that building up that credit score is mostly a function of building good financial habits yeah so don't like don't get caught if you haven't listened to those hearing us say build up that credit score and think like there's some secret hack you need to do no, to get it's it like high. make your payments re- on time don't overspend yep. like yeah it really is just crazy. shorthand for for get into good, stable financial habits. Having that high credit score is going to make lenders, banks, much more willing to give you money at better interest rates, which will save you a lot of money over like a 30-year mortgage. Uh, uh, The rest is kind of like, we have episodes on all these things. Build an emergency fund, right? Have Because once you get the house, things are going to break, you're going to have problems, and you're going to wish you had uh, emergency fund ready for that. And that should be yeah, separate consider, from down payment. Yeah, consider how the emergency fund is going to change when you become a homeowner. And so right. I, I don't think, I don't think. Um, say you have a six month right now. Does that six month actually actually become like a three month type of emergency fund or something with a house or like when you take into account the potential for appliances or a roof yeah, and all of the exactly. extra things that come with it. Maybe you don't need to double the emergency fund before closing, but like start adding to it for sure and and understand that it's probably going to be a different number. Everything that your landlord covers right now, you'll be covering. <laughs> so if the furnace goes, um, the appliances, everything you just said, those are going to be on you. Um, so th- like I said, separate from a down payment, I would say start setting aside something and you're like a category for a down payment you're not going to know exactly what you're approved for or how much the house is you're going to buy but you know a down payment's going to be thousands of dollars no matter what house you buy so um i think what did you do you you made a new category in your budget like you need a budget for it and just yeah slowly yeah trickle so that's money there. in my that's in the the goals part of the budget 20 mm-hmm. percent there um and yeah, it's just like whatever after it's after like taking into account what's going to the four hundred one k Roth IRA, uh, whatever's left over in that goals section uh, just goes into the the down payment. It's a great way to do it. It's like house. if it's not urgent, so it's not like number one priority like pre retirement saving, but it's that that adds up over months. Eventually, yeah. you'll have a good chunk there. Yeah, that was my thought process. You know, it's it's retirement is the number one priority that's a guarantee um so once you know, sort of once everything else had like fleshed out and i was a spot in my career where i was making enough to have 
money. Like for a while, I wasn't able to put as much towards retirement as I wanted to. Um, so that was stressful. And then like once I was able to, there was still a little bit before there was any left over. And so yeah. now there's a little <laughs> bit left over in the goals category. And that is going towards a down payment right now. And again, like it's going to be, you know, just off the top of my head, five, six years, seven mm-hmm. years before I get a house. It's not on the horizon. But by then just, you might say, whoa, I got the whole down payment ready. Like I don't have. Yeah. To I mean, like right now, savings. It, if I had enough money for a down payment, I still wouldn't be buying the second. But I would much rather be able to, mm-hmm. you know, I'd much, much rather like be ready to now, even, even if I was still waiting the same amount of time. Um, so I don't think it's ever too early to start finding some you can put, start putting towards that. So the next thing you're going to want to do is get some pre-approvals for mortgages. If you're, This is if you're thinking about doing this, buying a house within the next 90 days or so. That's usually how long... Um, approvals are good for so mm, that's good i was i was actually i was waiting for a moment to interrupt and ask you how long those are actually good for so yeah. i wanted a hard number there so 90 days is sort of where you're most will give you yeah 90 days say like we'll lend you this amount of money that's what you're doing right you're you're checking in with banks and you're asking how much will you give me for a house and they will look at your pay stubs bank statements a few things they need to see to say, we feel comfortable loaning you this amount. And so that's what a pre-approval is, right? You don't have a house in mind. You're not right. looking at anything specific. You're just telling them, I am starting to look. Yes. How much? What's my budget? Like, Or like, what are you willing to give me? Which is why it's like, uh, that's a great point. Why it's important to go in this order is because the amount you're approved for is going to decide what sort of houses you can look at. You don't want to start looking at houses way, way out of your budget and then go and your bank says, no yeah, way. your dreams crushed. And then everything you look at in your budget looks like yeah. shit because, so it's, yeah. It's it's much better to go based off your income, your today's income, uh, find out. They're going to say, they're probably yeah, going, it, yeah. Like, what's the math on that? Like, how should you use what they give you? No. Well, pr- probably not. They're going to approve you for as much as they can to keep you on the hook, paying them interest for 30 years, right? They're they're trying to find that balance it's, of like, what's the most they can give you that you are going to pay back? It's sounding a little like the uh, credit card it is. limit yeah, is there, situation, right? right? It's I guess the it's the thing. same thing. Mm-hmm. Still, it's, it's a credit limit, essentially. but yeah. It is. Yeah, so they're, yeah. they'll usually look off your gross income, right? Not net income, and they'll probably approve you up to like 30 percent of your gross income but they're not looking at your other expenses sometimes they'll look at like other debt payments that you have but not always and they're not looking at like your groceries or other parts of your needs and wants and all that so i would say don't necessarily buy a house for what you're approved for that should be the upper upper limit god yeah so bait Kind of pulling this all together, it seems like you should already have a pretty good idea of what your number is going to be just based on your own finances. And the, the pre-approval is almost more to make the rest of the process go more smoothly once you've decided on a place Yeah. than actually setting a figure for yourself, right? Like you want the pre-approval just so once you find somewhere, you can just jump on it. Mm-hmm. 
And they'll give you a ballpark of the interest rate too. So you know like about what's what uh, okay, would my okay, mortgage payment yep. be per month. That's good too. I hadn't thought of getting the the rate estimate. Mm-hmm. This is the time when I would start to get serious about the down payment too. If it's your primary residence and you're able to do an FHA loan, that could be a low as low as 3.5% down payment. But on average, a lot are want 20% down. So we're talking a good amount of money. Plus, you're going to have closing costs that average around 5% of the All right, few, purchase price. few Stuff questions here. F- FHA. Yep. What is that? An FHA loan is a uh, government loan. It's So it's it's through the Federal Housing Administration, which is part of like HUD, Housing and Urban Development. So the government sort of subsid, not subsidizes, but like will like let backed, you. Like a government-backed loan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're government-backed. So they're, they'll, you usually have to pay like a mortgage insurance, a PMI, but you can put down only three and a half percent, which can be a huge um, savings in the down payment. And then don't forget closing costs. Yeah, so that was that was the, those are the two things I wanted defined from that your your last sentence there, the FHA mm-hmm. and then closing costs. And so I've heard of these, and and sort of you can guess what they are from the name somewhat. Like you're, it's something you're paying at the end of the process, but what? What are you actually paying for? Like, what are closing costs? Is it a scam like that we've all just accepted? What's the deal? It's going to be fees to the bank. Like, call you'll see like mortgage origination fee, right? Like, it costs them anything to like draw out the papers. Got it. Um, if you're in a state that you need a lawyer to close on a house, like New York, you'll you're paying the lawyer in the closing costs. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, you'll have to pay to record the deed. And to get copies of the deed and the title of the house. And so it's basically all paperwork fees Got that it. add up to thousands of dollars. Property taxes are included in there. Appraisal fees are included there. It's For me, both times it's worked out to about 5% of the purchase price. Got it. So it's it's notable. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's pretty good. And it's easy to forget about. So I, and I think... Those are all the things last that, thing to touch on in there, right? Then I don't think we mentioned is the actual relation, like why you would pay more of the down payment, right? It's like it can affect the interest rate on your loan. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You might be able to get a lower rate. Um, you may not need to pay that mortgage insurance if you, yep, you know, okay, put, yeah, we did put enough that. of a down payment. You're buying, you're getting more equity earlier in the house. Like you're owning more of the house and less is owned by the bank. So a few advantages. Cool. Okay, that was a lot on, on yeah, pre-approvals, right. but it's an important part. The next part is where it starts to get fun, right? Then you put together your your criteria. What do I want in a house? Now that I know how much about how much I can afford, um, yep. what are the things you really want? And what are the things you, you're flexible on if, the, if they don't meet that criteria? The fun part, which we probably spend the least amount of time on, <laughs> yeah. on this episode just because it, it's such an extension of like who you are and who is looking for the property, right? Like we can't, we can give you a few different categories here, but obviously like you're going to know that where you're living is different based mm-hmm. on the city or the neighborhood or how big the place is, or, you know, is it super modern or century old farmhouse or, you know, mm-hmm. is it very suburban or urban or rural? Like 
it's just all these things you need to consider and and that's why it's so exciting there's so many different options to dive into and and sift through for me it can, can be a little overwhelming narrowing down because there are so many houses for sale everywhere all over the country mm-hmm. like start to narrow in on like what do you really like and how many bedrooms do you need do you need there to be a yard are you okay with a fixer upper like decide those things because once you get a real estate agent so what, what's going on with the agents well real it's much agents. easier when you so if you're going to find an agent to help you with this process and i recommend you do because they do this all the time uh it's good to give them something to work with like don't just say i want a house and they're gonna they're gonna ask you all these questions that i just said to filter on because they need to sort of you know pick a few houses um so if you start looking on like go to zillow go to realtor.com go to redfin play with those they have all those filters number of bedrooms uh the view that it has, the neighborhood, all those things. Uh, and if you pick a few and tell your realtor, like, hey, I want to go see these, or this is the type of house I like, they can go look in their systems, the MLS, and find more. And then you start to go on the open houses, you do the, the tours, and you get to get a real feel of, uh, do I actually need these things that I thought I needed when I was just doing research? Yeah, things can feel very different seeing them. Yeah, exactly. Um, I would say don't fall in love with the first one that you see. Like somebody may be willing to pay way, way more or the seller decides they don't want to sell anymore. I had a few situations like that on once, even once I made offers on. Somebody came in way overpaid. I was really hooked on the house. So... I don't know. I guess the, the the thought is like have options. Look at look at a bunch of houses. Find a few that you could see yourself with. Yeah, something that I've actually done with uh, with apartment hunting, and I think this could be relevant. And knowing knowing that I'm someone that can kind of fall in love with the first option, I've intentionally the scheduled time. the like less attractive ones first. <laughs> That's and sort of like known I'm going in with a night like knowing it. like I'm going in expecting not to like it and sort of like waiting for that to happen in some ways where it's like just sort of like getting those first few out of the way where I'm just like yeah. in the mindset of searching before I actually start looking at serious candidates just because I, I know I have a tendency um, to to do that to like build something or like if, if it's the first one I see and I really like it um so i want to make sure i'm giving everything a fair i shake. like that idea yeah because especially if you if you're doing a bunch of research and you set up all these alerts on zillow and stuff and then one pops up that meets all your criteria you get really excited about it and then you go see it and you know it's already off the market or you know like i said somebody outbids you that's yeah so you know just sad. like uh get build up some momentum yeah. Get the first few out of the way. I, I like it. Then you're going to make your offer. You're going to pick one. Well, you can make multiple offers, but hopefully there's at least one you really like. You're going to make an offer. There's a whole negotiating. I would say go listen to the negotiating episode. We talked. That was more about pay, I think. Right. But yeah, there's going to be similar uh, concepts, but that's that could be another topic. We could yeah. Over, in right? the same way that for pay, you're going to start higher. Then the salary you're actually willing to accept when you're offering to buy a house, 
you should start lower than you're actually willing to pay. That gives wiggle room. I think I got one house uh, 10% less than listing price and another like 5 or 6% less than the listing price. Wow. So don't I feel just... like that was right right in the middle of stuff going for above asking. Yeah, yeah. So, well, you... Where Depends on the area. Going right? with this yeah, is yeah. like you should have a reason why you're offering less. Like, oh, this needs work. This, you know find some things wrong that you can get them to come down on and the that gives you room to negotiate up to what you might actually be willing to pay being willing to walk away is the biggest part of a negotiation though if they know you're hooked and you're always is, you're right? set doesn't on this matter. house yes doesn't matter what it is if they know you already decided <laughs> yeah. it doesn't really matter what happens right same thing with having options right it goes back to that it's like you say, oh, well, I, there's two other houses that I really, really like. So if I don't get this one for the price I want to pay, that's okay. Much harder when you find one you're like in love with and like this is the house you're going to live in and you want it to be a forever house. But you got you to gotta treat it like a business transaction and try and try to keep emotions out of it as much as possible. Easier um, said than done, but yeah, yeah, definitely helpful. Then... They accept your offer. Now you got to go through even more paperwork. You got to get the mortgage approved. You're going to have to give your bank every information about every piece of your financial life. Um, You'll need to get your homeowner's insurance. Get an inspection. Uh, Definitely, definitely get an inspection. They will find anything wrong with the place. You can also use that to try to get money off. Uh, Same with an appraisal. Your bank's going to want to appraise the place. If it comes in lower than what you're offering, you can use that. And so then you're just going through with the bank. I would say anybody who is working on your mortgage at the bank is doing like tons of mortgages. So you're going to need to stay on them, follow up with them, make sure you're always submitting paperwork when they reach out, if they have questions, all of that. I had to do a lot of nudging both times. Yeah, ride them hard. (laughs) Yeah, to make sure they're like following up with yours because you want to like get that closing date soon. Last step. Get your closing date, go there, sign your life away with all the papers that they make <laughs> you sign and the and you know you owing hundreds of thousands of dollars to a bank over 30 years. Try not to think about when that you, much. Two part. When you part signed at the closing on, on your properties, what percentage of the stuff you were signing did, did you read? I tried to skip I tried to skim a lot <laughs> of it. I, Sorry, I didn't but, mean to put you on blast no, on the podcast. I was lucky. But that well lucky you have to pay for a lawyer but having a <laughs> lawyer who's who reads all the documents for you and does the ahead of time you know you're paying a thousand dollars for it but they make sure that on your behalf that everything but you, you had someone legit. read it for you then that's, yeah that's but then after that then you get the keys i would say the house is not yours until you have the keys because stuff can fall through at the last minute your lender can back out uh, seller can back out. Anything could fall through. So don't get your hopes up. I got very far in some offers that didn't work out. So maybe I'm just jaded now, but <laughs> it's not until you have the keys in hand that the house is actually yours. And there you go. You bought a house. That's easy, right? 30 minutes, a whole process. No, no big deal. It's actually a very when, stressful yeah, and we, tough uh, process. You put it and, like that, it... I, I guess the, the idea is... 
try to enjoy the good parts, the good parts of the process and think about the end, the end goal. Like eventually you will be in a house that you like and hopefully will appreciate and value and that you'll get a lot of enjoyment out. Even though this entire process is a stressful couple months or even years it takes people to find houses, I like to think it's worth it in the end. But yeah, and I, th- I think something else that maybe is a takeaway from this is if you're not familiar with home buying or haven't gone through the process or, or know someone who has and you hear about how stressful it is, you might think it's because there are difficult steps involved in the process. Yeah. And that's not really the case, right? Like none of this, none of the actual things that happen are particularly hard or difficult to do. It's it's really the the friction of human interaction that causes most of the stress. So true. There, there's no like unique skills to closing on a house that you need to have to do it really like anyone could do it don't doubt your capabilities the reason people talk about it being so hard and such a long difficult process are all those little like interpersonal things that come up and complicate everything Mm -hmm. else so take it one step at a time all right so hopefully all of you feel somewhat equipped to buy a house when you're ready i would say first thing get started on all that pre-work then you can go ahead with the next steps when you're actually ready yeah, to get a, uh, go forward. Maybe even if you're not ready to start contributing to it yet, put a down payment category in your goals. That's a good section first step. Of the budget. I like that. Just just as a little reminder that someday something should start. <laughs> someday you will need this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you very much for listening. Tune into the next episode. Let us know if you have any questions about buying a house. I like talking about this stuff. So. Let us know if you uh, are buying a house anytime soon as well. You've been listening to the More Sense Than Dollars podcast.